Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Oh, it's actually the huddle because we're going 18 different directions with this show. But I'm Mike Max, and I'm incredibly excited because today we kick off a new chapter in WCCL. And I'm joined by the one and only, the legendary, talk about legendary, Pete Nigerian. How are you this morning? Way too flattering. Nah, come on <laughs> I, I, I do appreciate you, though, Maxie. I'll tell you what, I know we're going to have a lot of fun. You and I love talking sports, but we get a chance to talk about more than just sports, just about anything we want. We can huddle together and we can talk about the markets. We can talk about sports. You and I could talk about TJ Maxx and some of the spending we do. And Yes. <laughs> we got the whole thing covered, man. Yes, and then somebody, I was at a party last night, and somebody said, well, are you, what are you guys going to talk about? And I said, I can't tell you that because I'm not quite sure. It's going it's to be weekly, and we're going to, obviously, there'll be a heavy dose of sports, and, and, and that's, yep. you know, that's kind of. Uh, for you and I, that's a default position for sure because it's a lot of fun. But uh, we can go a lot of different directions with this, and uh, that's why we're so excited to do it because this is a – you know, Pete, I, I walked into the studio today, and I, I have not been in the studio. Uh, the last time I did a show in here was March fifteenth, 2020, and that was Sid Hartman's 100th birthday. It was the yeah. last time we had a guest in this studio. It was the last time for a lot of things because it was literally the next day that we shut down – uh, because of COVID, of course, that was a festive time, and it mm-hmm. w- it turned out it was the last time I ever saw Sid Hartman. And uh, I walked into his office today, and it's still intact. And it was uh, it, it was quite a feeling when you think about how long uh, the show went with he and Dave Mona, the sports huddle, and I. I as, as a tribute to him, I stole a pair of his headsets that I know he doesn't need anymore. But 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 it got me thinking. You know, you grew up in 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 the golden era, as did I. But your your father, the late Doctor Nigerian, of course, such such a big influence at the University of Minnesota and sports fan. Mm-hmm. And Sid Hartman, kind of side by side at the same time with your dad when they were in their prime. What do you remember about just growing up in Minneapolis and that vibe and that and that era and that you know uh, the the weekends? And I know you'd go to games and, and with your dad mm-hmm. and your dad was such a big fan and such a big part of your life and and Sid Hartman right reading his column all those things that's who you were as a kid wasn't it oh absolutely Maxie as a matter of fact uh, moving from San Francisco we got here to Minneapolis uh, late 60s early 70s and my dad part of his contract that he wanted to have at the University of Minnesota he didn't he didn't want all these fancy things everybody else in the world wanted he wanted a couple of tickets to go for basketball, a couple of tickets to go for football, and that, that was some of what he was looking for, most importantly, in, in terms of his contract. So mm-hmm. it gave you a little bit of an idea of who Dad was, but he's a, a special guy. And, yeah, we grew up loving everything about Minnesota. Once we once we embraced it and embraced those cold winters, we uh, we became Minnesotans right away and absolutely love it and uh, continue to love it. I. I'll tell you what, Maxie, how many places can you just get in your car and zip over and watch a bit of a Twins game? Maybe you get a little something from the, the Gophers or Vikings, and you can get some basketball in the evening. They're all right downtown for yeah. the most part. It's just, you know, Minneapolis, Minnesota is is definitely a special place, and not everybody has what we have all so close together and gives us the opportunity 
to be a part of just about anything. Hey, shoot, yesterday, Maxie, uh, very last minute, I decided, you know what? I'm going to go over to the St. Thomas football game. Yeah. And, you know, it was homecoming over yep. there. It was a great time. And, and, and uh, you know, they're Division One now, and they are playing exactly the same ball that they played under Coach Caruso from D3 and all those years, the MIAC. They still have a powerful team that is winning, and it's it's impressive because this is year one. You'd, you'd expect a few, you know, a tough tough go of it, first of all, you know, early on. That's not the case at all. They can compete at the Division One level right now, and they're doing an absolutely outstanding job. That is such a well-coached machine over there at St. Thomas that I just have to, you know, take my hat off to them. 7,500 people. It was sold out, Maxie. I had to go over into the cheap seats and look out, out from back by the gyms back there just to be able to look into the stadium. Wow. Well, you know, and, and, and you and I were talking last night, and, and I think people are getting acclimated to what does this mean that St. Thomas is playing in this new football league. It's kind of complicated. You understand basketball, they'll be playing straight up against scholarship schools, meaning everybody's got scholarships and, and, and they can pay, pay the kids, so to speak, to play. Uh, football, it's a non-scholarship league. And so what it is, and I think, I think people have a tough time getting their arms around it because they see the names of the schools, but, but, but you have to really pay attention um, if it's a non-scholarship school they're playing, it, it's kind of like mm-hmm. playing a team in the MIAC. I mean, I mean, St. John's and Bethel would do really well in this league as well. Probably yeah. not the bottom half of the MIAC, but the top half would be right there with these schools, uh, very similar to. And I think, I think it's. But, but then when you go to Northern Iowa and play, as did a couple weeks ago, well, that's a scholarship mm-hmm. program, and, and 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 that means they got a lot of kids from all over the country that aren't paying to go to school, and and they're a much better team even though they're under the same umbrella as FCS. But I think it takes a while for people, all of us, to kind of figure out how this works because football is going to be different than other sports in terms of the league and the competition they play. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, the the, the St. Thomas, what they're doing and how they've gone through this process, it's just been amazing to me to watch how smooth they've made it, make it look. I mean, the reality is... I'm sure there's been all kinds of hiccups and all kinds of things yeah, in front of them, yeah. Maxie, but I think the reality is that uh, that side of it, but they aren't showing that. It, it looks smooth. It looks like this is a school that has pushed on, and I'll tell you what, you, you want to walk around on a beautiful campus. Go over to St. Thomas and, and stroll around with the incredible endowment and all the money that's given to that school, and they do such a great job. It's it is a beautiful campus. It's it's really a, a pretty fantastic place to, to be. Great to watch football there. But I've got to tell you, my heart's still up there with St. John's and, and watching them. They've they've continued to be the St. John's of old. Yep. They just seem to be so good each and every year, undefeated once again. And uh, I'll tell you what, those Golden Gusties keep putting up points too, Max. Yeah, and by so, the way, uh, you got some heritage there because your brothers played there. Yeah, I had two of my brothers play at the Gustavus Adolphus, and my mother sat on the board there, and she went to school there long, long ago. And so, uh, yeah, we have a lot of ties there. So, and, and they had a great coach for so many years, Mr. Rarup. And, and I, I absolutely loved the Rarup family. As a matter of fact, one of my business partners is, is the son of Coach Rarup. So, uh, we've got a lot of ties to Gustavus. Yeah, my older brother went to college and played football at Gustavus. His freshman year, I've never told you this, I don't think, your, old, no. your, your older brother was a senior. And, and I just remember uh, going to Gustavus to the campus of the games, and, and your brother was the stud, man. He was the man. You know, it's like everybody knew, you know, that there were a couple, you know, every player has a couple of them, right? And, and he mm-hmm. was it. I mean, he was a really good football player for Gustavus. Yeah, my brother Dave, you know, he was a he's pre-med. The guy never got a B in his high school or college era Yuck. of of school. I mean, just he really did have all the pieces together and uh he loved it. He know he knew what he wanted to do. He wanted to be a surgeon and he, that was his goal. 
he actually did go to medical school eventually and went for three years and then said, you know, maybe it's not for me, and then moved over to the entrepreneurial side where he's done just a great job with that, with all his ice cream sh- stores, and he's he's got Nelson's, he's got Nellie's, he's got all sorts of different places near the campuses, <laughs> actually, of, over there, not too far from your old stomping grounds over at Hamlin, Maxie. Has he got a little uh, action over there? Oh yeah, he's got his Nellies. It's a it's an ice cream spot that also has these ice cream sandwiches that are absolutely outstanding. And, sure. And I'll tell you, it's just uh, it, it's fun. But they he years ago bought the the Nelson's franchise. Well, the 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 store Nelson's that was selling ice cream in Stillwater and uh, just continues to thrive there too. That's that's been an absolute home run. But Dave Dave was a heck of a linebacker. He was also great in track, Maxie. He was. He was really, really compar- competitive at the, uh, you know, at the All-American type sure. level uh, in throwing the discus. But he also was a linebacker, and he was a linebacker in the MIAC. And we're talking about 1981, okay? Yep. And, and, and here's a guy who's close to six four and 245 pounds playing, playing middle linebacker Jeepers. in the MIAC. Okay, yep. and, and and here's a guy who's close to six four and two hundred and forty five pounds playing playing middle linebacker Jeepers. in the MIAC. I mean so that, that can, plays you, pretty well today in the Big Ten, you know. Yeah, that's a that's a good sized guy. You know, he was one of those guys. He was always wiry, but he 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 worked out. He did did everything he could to get himself into the shape that he wanted to get. If he was going to compete, he always wanted to be competing at the very highest level. And he executed there. He was an All-American linebacker. Unfortunately, hurt his knee really, really badly his senior year. But uh, he was on his way. As a matter of fact, the Packers still gave him a, a little bit of a, a look for a while. But uh, his knee just couldn't pass the physical. But I'll tell you what, that they were really, really a powerhouse down at Gustavus back in that era. They were they were putting up 50, 60, 70 points a game, kind of like they are this year. And, and their defense was just as uh, dominant as well. They looked like the Georgia defense that we're seeing at the oh NCAA God. level. Right by the now. way, and, and we'll take a break and come back, but uh, you talk about the low-hanging fruit. You and I were talking last night. I mean, yesterday, if you like college football, it was about as good a Ooh. day. I mean, obviously the Gophers didn't play, but it was about as good a day just for uh, if, if, if you weren't involved in and just wanted to watch college football. It was great. We've also got some special guests coming up on this show. One I can't tell you about. Others I will. Uh, we'll check in in North Dakota State where Phoenix Sproles will tell us about what it's like to play with Trey Lance, who's going to make his first start in the NFL today. Uh, for the San Francisco 49ers, and much more. It's the huddle. It's Pete Nigerian. It's Mike Max, and most importantly, it's WCCO. Thrilled to be with you today, the first edition of the huddle. Pete Nigerian, Mike Max, talking about sports and a whole bunch more. You can join us anytime on the text line, 651-461-9226, 651-461-9226. You can call us there as well, 651-461-9226 if something captures your fancy. But we're going to talk sports and more uh, as we go through on this new edition, this newly created program, and uh, just thrilled to be a part of it. Pete, you, you hinted at this uh, before. You talking about a little bit your your brother was an All-American at Gustavus and went to med school and, and, and became uh, an entrepreneur. For mm-hmm. Your family is um, one of the most eclectic that I've seen because it's this combination of your father being you know, very structured, of course, as a surgeon and whatnot, mm-hmm. and, and, and uh, to an extent the same with you and your brothers, and, and, and you work for companies. And you, but you've also got this entrepreneurial spirit to you. And as I recall, am I, am I incorrect in this? Didn't that start with a Popeye's chicken Back in the day it in did. South Minneapolis, I mean, how how did that come about, and what what drew you into that? 
Isn't that something that Popeye's chicken? Well, yeah, what, what, you see what it really? There. <laughs> absolutely. You know, it was the first one to come up towards uh, Minnesota. That was the very first one in Minnesota. And what happened, Maxie, was you know my brother John was living in Chicago. He he played briefly with the Bears, and then he got onto the stock exchange and the options world, and it just became his his life. And it has it, it is still to this day, but. He fell in love with this franchise that he'd never heard of. It was Popeye's Fried Chicken. It's out of Louisiana, and they had this great Cajun and food, and it was just outstanding. And he thought, wow, if Dad ever wanted to, they ought to, they ought to think about maybe doing something up there in Minnesota. Well, you know, he pitched the idea to my dad, and he's always open to, to ideas. And he, he kind of looked at my brothers, and he says, well, uh, if you guys can run it, we're going to do it. And so <laughs> that's how quick it I mean, literally happened that fast. And they immediately uh, decided that they were going to do that, both Dave and Paul. And so they were the, they were the, they were the worker bees. They were there mm-hmm. each and every day. They did all the hiring. They got that all set up on Lake Street, and then they put another one over in St. Paul. And then, eventually, uh, they they sold those franchises to a, a group of folks that are that expanded Popeyes even more in the Minneapolis area, Minneapolis St. Paul area, and it's. Uh, it's just one of the many things that dad, you know, it's kind of like dad, dad always being at the World Wrestling Federation or the AWA or those kinds of things. You know, here's, here's this world renowned transplant. That's what the great part about dad. He just didn't, you know, he didn't, everybody else is worried about their reputation. He didn't care. He'd stand up there. He'd be in row one. Vern Gagne would introduce dad as Hulk Hogan's ringside physician. My dad would do a little bow and maybe wave his hand and <laughs> sit back down. You know, that's all that meant. It didn't mean that he was going to actually do any treatment for a hoaxer he just was sitting in the front row it it just played into the whole tapestry of the night absolutely the good old days we say you know yeah always fun always fun we'll we'll spin about uh, this uh more as we go through this uh throughout uh uh, the days ahead because i think this entrepreneurial spirit that you've got and there's a lot of things in it that people uh from a business standpoint uh recognize Mm. whether you're buying a franchise or whatever but i mentioned last night it was it was kind of a it was a paradise if you're a college football fan yesterday no matter who you were rooting for i mean alabama gets beat and iowa and penn state have this great game so did nebraska uh, and Michigan, and, and when I when I talked to you last night, you said take a look at uh, Notre Dame uh, because you said this alt kid is having his way at left tackle, uh, one, a freshman, a true freshman uh, yep. from Tatino Grace, and someone you know his father quite well, John Alt, and, and you're watching mm-hmm. this, you're kind of isolating him, and you're going, this kid's the real deal, huh? I'll tell you what, he he he's got his dad's old number, seventy six, and he looks like his pop. I'll tell you what. Uh, I, I have not seen a guy step onto the field as a freshman look like that ever, I don't think. Uh, well, maybe John himself. But, yeah. uh, you know, John started off as a tight end down there, Maxie. He was one of those guys with his hands on his hips back in the Hayden Fry days yeah. playing tight end. Yeah. And then he got so daggone big, they finally said, hey, look, uh, John, we love you, but you, you got to put your hand in the dirt. You're going to be an offensive yep. lineman. And, and he went there, and it was a great move on his part because it opened up the world to him. You know, he, he had an unbelievable professional career down there at Kansas City. And, you know, you, be, because – it's not Minnesota. We kind of lose track of some of these Minnesota yes, athletes. Yes, we do. That, I mean, his career was unbelievable, yeah. It was unreal. He's in the ring of honor. Uh, you know, every time I go down to Kansas City, I was down there for the playoff game last year, the, the AFC Championship game, and there's John Alt's name right there, right in front of me. I'm looking right at it, and it's uh, it's impressive. Uh, he really was a heck of a player. But his son, Joe, uh, 
he just kind of looks a lot like his father. He's got a little bit wider hips, Maxi. I think he's going to be a heck of a left tackle, but you know, it's okay when you've got a frame that's already six, eight and about three twenty. I think he's, uh, he's got the size. He obviously has to mature and get more strength, but he looks like a pro already. He looks like a guy that maybe, uh, is not that far away from playing on Sundays rather than Saturdays. Uh, that's that's how good I think Joe is. I think he's just got so much athleticism. Notre Dame does help out, but I, I kept a, a close eye. They they allowed him to be one-on-one with those defensive ends for the majority of the game, and he was doing an absolutely magnificent job. Just a big, big young man who's got a huge – he has no ceiling. He, he could go through the roof as far as being an offensive lineman at the next level. I remember watching him play basketball in high school, and uh, they yeah. had a great team. Tatino Grace is going to be unbelievable this year in basketball, but he didn't play his senior year, and they lost to Minnehaha Academy in the section finals. It was a great game. Minnehaha had the great team, but uh, mm-hmm. I remember talking to his coach saying, ooh, it would have sure been nice to have that physical presence in there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, um, but, you know, I want, I want to come back to that, to, to a John Alt. Um, yeah. I mean, who knows if he stays at tight end whether or not he gets through one training camp in the NFL. You know, he might be one step mm-hmm. too slow, but, but some coach saw something in him that moves him from tight end to tackle. Is that the definition to you of a great coach, especially in football, where, where, where they don't walk in there going, here's my this, here's my wide receiver, here's my... They walk in there going, give me 22 great players and I'll figure out where to put them. And, and, and to me, sometimes it's just amazing. It might have just been his position coach or somebody that said, let's try him at tackle, although it's not mm-hmm. a big reach that you know guys go from tight end to tackle etc. But but is that to you uh, the definition of a great coach is one that can recognize how to get the best 22 on the field? Absolutely. No doubt about it, Maxie. I think that when you watch college football, particularly at the NFL level, there's not a whole lot of movement at that level. But when you're at the uh, coming out of high school, you get to the college level and you and you see some of these players, you can already see the athleticism. You can see all of the talent that's there. Now you just have to figure out how do I get all that talent on the field? And I think I think that is what distinguishes one successful coach versus coaches who are just kind of getting by or not having success and lose their jobs. They are not analyzing the players that they've got and, and putting them into the right position to be successful. And I think that's it's the case in business. It's the case in everything that you can talk about in life, but particularly in sports. You've got to get the best 11 on the field, even if that means you're going both ways. And that still does happen once in a while. There are players out there who still are playing both offense and defense. Oh, and, Maybe and, not. And, and the great high school coaches, that's, how, that's yeah. what they do, right? Well, I, and I can tell you, back when I was playing, Coach Robinson over at Central High School Rich in Minneapolis. Robinson. Yeah, just Rich got into the Hall of Fame, by the way. He, yeah, yep. I was there. I love. I yep. loved seeing Coach there. You know, he's just a, a wonderful guy. Just a, a great presence about him. And, and you know, he he always had that feeling of of a great coach. There was just something about Coach Robinson that really stuck out. But you know, it, it is interesting that that he would put us out there i played tailback i played linebacker i was the punter i was the kicker i was you know so i once the game started i never came off the field and i'll tell you what there were some long days some hot ones and 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 it really was because we didn't have lights maxi over at central high so we used to we used to kick off at three and we had to be done by five because uh all of a sudden the street lights were coming on and that was the (laughs) end of that (laughs) 
<laughs> but it was a lot of fun, and and if we, were, we were lucky. Once in a while, we got to play over at Parade Stadium, which was fun. But yeah, uh, you know, coach coach understood. You got to put the right guys in there, and it's the best eleven. Whoever those best eleven are, need to be on the field. And and I think high school and college coaches that that do a great job of analyzing who those guys are, who who needs a break once in a while as well, all those kind of th- those factors that come in, but. You want your best 11 on the field at all times, and I think that's exactly what some of the great coaches have done. Yeah, I was watching, um, you know, and many times the great high school coaches, they'll, they'll play it out during the season. What they want to know is by the end of the season, who do I yeah. need to put in in this situation or do I need to move this, tinker with that? I was, I was watching Eden Prairie the other night. They bounced back and they put the Bennett Larson, their star linebacker. All of a sudden he's a running back when they get down the red zone and he scores two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that, that's a Mike Grant signature, you know, recognizing that. And, you know, you've seen Dan O'Brien over at St. Thomas Academy. He did the sure. night. They won 18 to 13 there at the end. Uh, they just have a, a way about saying, okay, if I, th- this kid looks good here in this situation, but they also let everybody kind of get their shot you know, during the year so they can figure out where everybody belongs. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think there are coaches even even to this day at the very highest level in college football that they can analyze and figure out, you know what, we need we need a guy out there from the defense when the offense is out there once in a while. I, I've mm-hmm. seen Georgia bring some D linemen in there to play fullback and, you know, it, as they get closer to the end zone, of course. But we're seeing more and more of it where they're just going to pluck a player or two that's got that great athleticism and, and, and you want him on the field. And, and that's exactly what the great coaches do. They, they put themselves in a position to win. And I'll tell you what, I'm still shocked by that Alabama game that yesterday. That was oh, uh, Texas that, that was... <laughs> uh, beat Colorado 10 to 7. The team of the Gophers yep. throttled 30 to nothing and they go beat Alabama last night and A&M looked like they were they looked like they were just kind of a so-so team. Yeah, they they Until started off night. the year. Yeah, they had that high ranking coming yeah, into the big year. Time, yep. And and then they just sort of fizzled and I I couldn't explain to you for the life of me what what exactly was the biggest problem that they had but they they were able to rise up for Alabama and you know there was a lot of jawing back and forth between the coaches <laughs> it, yep. it, it, former it assistant didn't really again. yeah and, and, and it's just amazing how how many assistants that that Nick Saban has that have gone on to great things yep. including Georgia including you know just yeah. about any school you want to pick out there but it is amazing, but that was a great game. There were so many great games yesterday, Maxie. That oh. Iowa-Penn State game I thought was fun. Oklahoma-Texas. I, oh I, I know there wasn't a lot of defense, but I'll tell you what, that was that was some great football. <laughs> that was that was fun football, and that 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 helped make this. Gosh. I know there wasn't a lot of defense, but I'll tell you what, that was that was some great football. <laughs> that was that was fun football, and that 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 helped make the Saturday start off right. Yeah, and, and they, they were just trying to set for a field goal, and the kid breaks it for a touchdown. We come back, I'm going to ask you about that. Playing against the Boz, and we saw Nebraska play last night as well. They're the Gophers' next opponent. You, you're you very familiar with Nebraska. You know the coaches well down there. You know every, your, your daughter went there. Uh, and I can't figure this team out. I can't figure out if they're they're a contender, uh, where they're going to fit in the, the, the Big Ten, but they're the Gophers' next opponent. I'll ask you about yeah. that and much more when we come back. Welcome back. Vikings play today. Trey Lance makes his first NFL start for the San Francisco 49ers out of Marshall. And near as I can tell, it might be the first Minnesotan ever to start a quarterback in the NFL. Um, We'll visit with one of his favorite targets and one of his uh, buddies that he trains with and happens to be a North Dakota State star for the number one ranked FCS 
uh, Bison coming up this half hour, Phoenix Sproles. But, Pete, before we get to that, uh, Nebraska plays next against the Gophers, and, and last night they made a pretty good bid against Michigan at home. Now, they're kind of – that's where they are right now. They're, they're making some pretty good bids uh, and coming yeah. up short. But you know the people inside that organization uh, very, very well. Uh, Coach Frost, uh, uh, you're very familiar with the athletic department. Uh, is Nebraska on, on the cusp, or where are they at as a football program right now? You know, I, I question that every week. Uh, you know, to be honest with you, I, when I watch that football team play, there sometimes seems like there's this lapse that you just don't want to see. And I, I see that sometimes out of the Gophers as well, Maxie, where we're on a roll and then we almost go to sleep and, and, and teams start to make a little bit of a move and we all of a sudden are behind the eight ball. And that's that's a, a bit of what Nebraska looks like. They can look outstanding at times. They've, they've played some great games. That Northwestern game was incredible they did a great job against oklahoma but they they are susceptible against good running teams and that's where i think minnesota has the advantage as we look at this this game coming up because you look at nebraska's defense they are not the black shirts of old uh, you know michigan no. ran for over 200 yards against them maxi five yards a carry i look back at oklahoma they ran for nearly 200 yards five and a half yards per carry the defense just has not been the black shirts probably in the last 15 years or so, I would say. It's just it's not what Nebraska football always used to look like, and that, that's a little bit surprising. That being said, they had a great game last night with Michigan. It was back and forth and back and forth, and, and I thought that they played well enough to win. They didn't win, but they sure played a, a, a good football game. They just, you know, they had the chance at the end, very much like our Vikings yeah, do, I, I it mean, seems they, like. They, they, would really scare, <laughs> they would really scare you if you're going to play them, right? Because they look like oh, they yeah. can beat anybody. Yep, and, and Martinez is a, is a good quarterback. I wouldn't put him in the great category, no, but I think I, I he's thought a, a he was going to be. You know, his freshman year, yeah. he destroyed the Gophers, and I really don't know what's happened since. You know, he still makes plays. He scored a touchdown, made one with his legs last night, but I thought he mm-hmm. was going to be far and away the best quarterback in the Big Ten when I saw him as a freshman. Yeah, and, and I, what I don't understand, and I love Scott Frost. I think he's a great guy. He and I have become friends. He's a, he's a, he's a wonderful guy. He's a great court coach. His success at Oregon and at Central Florida, you know, are pretty undeniable. And for whatever reason, Maxie, when, when we watch Nebraska play football, we are not seeing what we'd seen out of the previous stops that we'd seen for, 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 for coach. And that's, that's a little bit disturbing. I still, you know, people will tell me, well, kids don't want to go to Nebraska anymore. I, I don't agree with that. I, mm-hmm. I think that every school can still recruit. University of Minnesota can recruit. Look at yep. Iowa. Look at, look look at, at yeah, what yeah, what's Iowa the difference Iowa and Nebraska, right? <laughs> right. Exactly right. So if, if, if Iowa can do it, that tells me Nebraska, Minnesota, and everybody else should be able to recruit. And, and no matter what, there's only so many scholarships out there. So it's, it's almost like a, a – a salary cap, right? You can't yep. take everybody and just stockpile them, and that's that's a good thing. So I think Nebraska's got talent. I think their offensive line, they just keep trying to find the right guys. They've got size. They've got strength. But they haven't found the, the, the right chemistry, really, to be a consistent offense. And they did score 29 points against Michigan, which is a huge feat because Michigan's defense is good. You know whose defense is unbelievable, Maxie, is Wisconsin. They, yeah, for all of everybody's nervousness about what Wisconsin is, and they've always had issues at quarterback. We all know that forever. It's always been a running team, big offensive line, but that defense is one of oh. the best in the entire country. And nobody seems. I still go back to the Penn State game and think, you know, Wisconsin 
ran up and down the field on these guys. They just made mistakes going into the end zone to score. And that yeah. that's the only reason that Penn State was ranked number four going to yeah, Iowa absolutely. this past yeah, week. That, that was the, <laughs> they, they, they screwed it up in the red zone about three times, yeah. Yeah, that quarterback, unfortunately, was throwing some interceptions. He's got Minnesota ties as well, but... It, it is a little bit different Wisconsin team. They don't look quite as good running the football. They have those those great offensive linemen that I think they always seem to have the maybe the best five, I think, at least in the Big Ten consistently. But, I you know, when you're watching them, you look over on the defensive side, the defense is going to give you a chance to win every single week. And, and as long as that offense can move the ball, control the ball, get it in the end zone, and not settle for those field goals that they've had to do and some of the losses they've had, that's a really good football team, too. So, I, I, you know, I don't buy into the idea that you can't recruit a kid to Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, Nebraska, or any, anywhere else. You can. And, yeah. and, and, and teams out there prove it each and every year and each and every time you watch, watch games. You can see that there are – I, I think we're getting closer and closer to a lot more interesting back-and-forth games, Maxie, than we've ever seen. I think the, domi- <laughs> I, yeah, the I, dominance I, I, I is getting pulled this. away. <laughs> My gosh, how do, you, how do you bet this thing, you know? Pete Nigeria and Mike Max, the, the huddle, 651-461-9226. We have some text coming in. I'll read a little bit later. 651-461-9226 if you want to join us. Delvin Cook is out for the Vikings today. Ankle. Uh, now, you know, it, a lot yeah. of it depends on what position you get injured at. I think Alexander Madison's, you know, he might not be Dalvin Cook, but he's 1A as a running back. Do you think there's a big difference there? I, I don't, but I do think that Dalvin Cook's the best running back in the NFL, and I've mm-hmm. been saying that for a couple of years. And the reason I say that is he's the complete package, Maxie. When when we will all get the opportunity to stand down there at practice or, or at, a, at a game, and you see that this guy does not have to come off the field. Now, he does come off the field, and unfortunately – Injuries just continue to plague this poor guy, but he works harder than anybody I've seen. He's in as good a shape or better shape than anybody else on, on the Vikings or in the NFL, and he he's willing to pass block. And I've seen him make decisions to pass block that have saved Kirk Cousins just this year alone. I, I mean, just unbelievable how how well he manages to, to slide around and find D linemen that he can at least get a piece of them or, or whatever to keep them off of Kirk. And he does a great job there. He catches the ball well, and we all know how he runs. I think – Madison is is outstanding. He 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 looked really really good a couple weeks ago, and I I think the Vikings. It's not a huge drop off. It's not the same, but it is not a huge drop off. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, Trey Lance, as I mentioned, makes his debut as an NFL starter. Let's talk to one of his wide receivers who was on uh, the team that beat Northern Iowa yesterday and is number one in the country in the FCS and one of the most dominant programs in the history of college football. Uh, Phoenix Sproles will join us from North Dakota State when we come back. It's the huddle. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 